Welcome to Living Water Radio. What would the church look like if it were more radical? The answer might surprise you. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I've worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands, and was a competitive master swimmer. After college in Minnesota and a seminary in Berkeley, I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. I glanced out a window yesterday and noticed light, fluffy snowflakes drifting down outside. Except they weren't snowflakes, they were ashes from the bobcat fire near Azusa. The fires are not close to us, but close enough to leave what has been a thin coating of ash. Yesterday, the winds turned toward us and it became a thick coating of ash with clouds of smoke rising from the foothills to the northwest and blue skies and fluffy white clouds to the north. We are praying for the firefighters and all those affected by these fires. The coronavirus pandemic seems to be easing to the south of us, and while the numbers keep going down in L.A. County, they aren't at a level that would allow businesses and churches to get a toehold toward opening up for indoor services as they are in Orange County. The Labor Day weekend probably didn't help. We've seen pictures of people at the beach, on houseboats, at college parties, here and all over the country, ignoring the recommendations to practice social distancing, wear a mask, and avoid crowds. We should see how that behavior affects the spread of the disease and, therefore, the recovery of the economy in a week or so, but it doesn't look good when recommendations are ignored. And, oh yes, I did get a haircut, thanks for noticing. (laughs) The first in six months. Udi Placentia, the guy who cut my hair pre-pandemic, graciously came over to our house and cut it in the backyard under an overhang with air circulation on three sides and both of us fully masked. Afterward, it looked like I had dropped a big gray wig on the ground. There was enough there to knit a sweater, but we passed on that. That's where we are in the pandemic, a little more open, but still taking extraordinary precautions. I was talking the other day with one of our neighbors in a masked, socially distanced conversation while I was out doing yard work about how both ends of the political spectrum seem to be becoming more and more radicalized. There is no light escaping these twin black holes, only heat. The word radical comes from the Latin word radicalis, which is based on an earlier Latin word radix, both meaning a literal root. We still have some carrots, onions, turnips, and kohlrabi in our garden. They are all root vegetables. They are radical vegetables, like radishes. They are roots that can be consumed. A radical is something like a fundamentalist. They both focus on the essentials, the basics, the foundation of things, and like fundamentalists, they can easily flip to the extremes because there is no compromise there, no gray area, no mystery, only us and them. The problems come when movements devolve into more and more finely defined groups, and there is only me that is left, 
people get pressed further and further into a narrower and more exclusionary set of beliefs, and then it is me who is consumed. As my hero in church development, Lyle Schaller, points out, groups that promote division successfully find out that they are really good at it, and ultimately that it's a lot easier to fracture than to build community. It becomes their defining characteristic, and quite often they keep dividing until there was no movement left. I think that social media takes at least some of the blame for this. You can easily find 20 people who agree with you, and that starts to be your world. The problem is, in my opinion, not that they become radical, but that they are not radical enough. A radical is someone who knows the difference between roots and shoots. Shoots come up from the benefit of roots, but take a different direction. They grow up toward the light. Roots go down into the earth, the source of their life. The plant is the product of its roots. Roots go deep into the soil and draw nourishment for the shoots, and then the plant, and then, in some cases, the fruit. Our roots are grounded in the scripture and their Christian Jewish worldview. Shoots grow away from the roots, but they depend upon them for life. The shoots produce branches, and the branches produce flowers and or fruit, which contain seeds for the next generation. What is the purpose of an apple tree? It is not to produce apples. It's to produce more apple trees. But it cannot happen without the root. If I cut a rose from one of our rose bushes, it looks good, but it's cut off from its source of food and water its roots. It's dead. The year I started seminary in Berkeley as a student, Dr. Bill Lesher began his tenure as the school's president. In fact, I was allowed to tag along when he got his tour of the campus. He had been an innovative and respected pastor in Chicago before he became a seminary president there, and then president of the seminary in Berkeley. This was in the post-60s years, and there was still social turmoil and well, it was Berkeley. I remember him saying, probably in a sermon, that the best way to radicalize a congregation was to preach the Bible. Now, there are many ways to interpret the Bible and preach that interpretation, but I took him to mean that the Bible is not a document from which the distant past is learned. It's not a collection of motifs and themes, but the living Word of God that which is the primary way in which God, the creator of all things, the ground, as theologian Paul Tillich said, the ground of all being, speaks to us. Paul writes in his second letter to the church at Corinth, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Jesus said that the most important things about the law and the prophets are love of God and love of neighbor as oneself. In fact, these two things pretty much sum them up. These things aren't the most important things about Jesus, however. The most important thing about Jesus is not what he taught, 
but that he died for us to give us life and rose from the dead to demonstrate God's power, his power, to be that sacrifice. We live by Jesus' death and resurrection, the most radical acts ever accomplished, because they address the very root of the human condition, separation from God. Our roots are not dead as long as we remain connected through the living relationship with the living God that is God's gift. We continue to grow and bear fruit, and that relationship will be reproduced as long as we are connected. That is a radical vision. I don't want to change the world. I don't trust that my vision of the world is what's best for the world. I want people to turn their hearts to God, to open their hearts to allow God to change them so that they are consumed with one thing, realizing God's vision for the world, the kingdom of God. We preach Christ, not about Christ or a Christian movement, but the living reality of the one true living God. How do we not let this focus devolve into smaller and smaller, cut-off and dead churches that are exclusive social groups? By heeding the voice of the Holy Spirit, the streams of living water that flow through us and nourish us at our roots so that we can be and remain a more radical church. Today, let's remember to pray for all those caring for those with the coronavirus, for those who now have it, and for those in danger of getting it. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet at, at David Burkadall, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.